right we're recording all right all right what's up guys it's mark again and uh you're listening to the swamp and stomp podcast and today we have a special guest with us the turkey slayer from down south (laughs) stop it now (laughs) uh we've got richard martinez um and well do you want to introduce yourself real quick i'm sure a lot of people already kind of know about you but just Give people a quick little background. Sure. Who is Richard Martinez? I'm Richard Martinez. Uh, I'm a a certified weekend warrior. Uh, Spend all my weekends out uh, tromping around in the swamp, Uh, mostly South Florida, Uh, deer hunt, turkey hunt, uh, small game hunt. I'm crazy about snipes, squirrels, uh, just about everything. So, uh, yeah. And deer. And deer. (laughs) (laughs) Those are just like... (laughs) On the back burner, uh-huh. <laughs> especially right now. Um, yeah, so you guys probably already guessed it from that intro. We're going to be talking turkeys today, um, and honestly, whatever else comes up. Um, it's the middle of turkey season right now. Um, how long? How long? It's is two, two more weekends, right? Down south, and then, yeah. and then there's like and what, then two four more. more weekends. Yeah. Um, north zone. So uh, just just a little bit of background about uh, this this Slayer next to me here. Um, and, and who you have sitting at the table here. So me is the turkey noob um, <laughs> that puts many, 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 many hours into turkey hunting and, and can't get the job done. And then, and then there's Richard, who usually tags out in two hunts. I think, what, the last four years in a row you've tagged out in just two hunts? I've uh, been, been very fortunate, yeah. The last, the last four years, my last four seasons, I haven't made it past three days, uh, three hunting days, so very fortunate that's yeah that that's definitely not been but my that's, experience that's not like uh yeah that shouldn't be seen as like i hunted for two three days like i start scouting like mid-january so there's yeah. 10 days behind that first bird uh you know pulling the trigger so. probably more than that probably yeah, like, more than that yeah like, i mean i i've scouted with you and i've, I've learned a lot from you and yeah, I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into that, but I think that, you know, that track record just goes to show that. But I mean, I, I don't want to say this out loud, but I think I kind of have to now. But like, it it seems like you know what you're doing, and 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 you have some information that you might be able to give people that'll help them, and that's the whole point of Swamp and Stomp is teaching, learning. You know, we're learning constantly, and we try to pass on whatever information we can to to help other people in the woods, um, and hopefully. Hopefully, other people can be more successful than me. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not above being humbled by a bird. I would say that. Oh, uh, and that's happened too. <laughs> what, wasn't it last year you were in? Absolutely. What yeah. state? Or do, do you don't want you don't want to say states? Uh, you were you were out of state. Yeah, one of your favorite spots. Out of state, and uh, well, yeah, I've, I had uh, plenty of uh, struggles last year. Uh, I missed a bird um, when I was out of state. Uh, and last year, my opening day uh, basically screwed up on a bird, and uh, and then the second day, uh, you know, was able to seal the deal. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. So, um, so want, I've been wanting to tell you. You want to pause for that dog? No, it's cool. It's the Swamp and Stomp podcast. All right. You can't hear him that clearly. In case you guys can't tell, we are sitting here in Richard's garage in a neighborhood. There's a dog just going ham, and that's, you know, that's just part of it. Um, Hope you guys don't mind it too much. 
He'll shut up soon. Eventually. Yeah, might have just shut up. So. Nope. I'm not too worried about it. I, I don't think anybody cares. You, you think I should just pause and just yell like, hey, we're recording a podcast. It's when those people like walk down yeah, the street, it'll stop. Darn people just going for evening walks. Anyway, I've been wanting to tell you about this morning. Cause yeah. I'm still trying to kill a bird. And so today I had uh, a close encounter with a bird that I've been trying to kill for like three years. I mean, Eesh. three years, three seasons ago was the first time that I like discovered this bird. Mm-hmm. But last year I, I drove myself crazy trying to get this bird and I'm doing the same thing this year. <laughs> and you and I had a run in with this. I, I mean, I think it's the same bird. There's no, yeah. there's no telling, but just the way that he behaves is it sort of has a pattern mm-hmm. and I, I think it's the same bird yeah and i really think if i would just let go of it and go somewhere else like i might actually kill one yeah but i'm yeah, just you like, might be hung up on this bird and he might be taking you for a ride oh he absolutely is i mean <laughs> and he did the same thing again this morning so um so I, i'm gonna you know you you know the area i'm talking about so i'll, I'll kind of describe it to you and hopefully other people won't figure it out but um so just a little background last year um i believe it was opening it was no it wasn't opening day it was the day after opening day me and robbie went out to this spot to try and get this bird mm-hmm. and he uh was exactly where i figured he was gonna be we got you know probably within 50 60 yards of his roost um and there was a lot of cocoa plums in the way so we were able to slip right in there and we set up facing him because mm-hmm. we we're like he's right there he's probably going to come right across here and you know come across the um the trail um you know because they use buggy trails a lot anytime they can find a an easy way to walk they usually do mm-hmm. or at least that was, has been my experience well this bird doesn't like to do that so we set up facing him and he's just gobbling his head off on the limb you know 20 30 gobbles and then we just did some very light tree, you know, tree yelps. Mm-hmm. And he goes quiet, never hear him again. And last year, he just, all of a sudden, he's five yards behind us. Bow! <laughs> you know, and we're like, crap, we can't do anything about this. Mm-hmm. And he just, I don't know if he saw us or whatever, he just kind of moseyed off and did his thing. Um, so this morning, similar kind of story. I got into that particular area. He, I had been hearing a bird closer to where I parked the truck than I did last year. So I kind of started there and I hear this bird and I, I mapped it out from like where, where I was standing when I heard him and like how far he actually was. Mm-hmm. And it was 1100 yards. <laughs> like, I mean, and I could hear him clearly you've, mm-hmm. you've been out in the woods with me i don't hear gobbles the way you hear him mm-hmm. like but this was i could cl- clearly hear him mm-hmm. um you know but it's all like palm flats it's like wide open and stuff mm-hmm. so anyway uh the the thing was like there was another truck parked out there and i didn't know where this guy was i knew he was somewhere in there but you know i'm not gonna just not go in further just because I know someone else is hunting the general area. So mm-hmm. I, I start going in. It's a big in. area. It's pretty big, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty big. Um, you know, and I'm just like on the main trail going into the area, and you can just go in any direction you want. So mm-hmm. I don't know where this guy's at. Um, 
so I start going in, and eventually I see his bike. And I'm like, hmm. Again, huge area. He, like, ditched his bike, mm-hmm. and there's so many different directions he could have gone. So mm-hmm. I'm like, well, chances are he's probably hearing this bird, too, and he's running yeah. towards it as well. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to keep going and hope I get there first. Um, and I keep going, and eventually I I smelled his thermocell, <laughs> and, and I pop, like, he was sitting on the edge of this pond, and I, like, pop around the corner, and I spot him, and he looks at me, and I look at him. And as I'm looking at him, (laughs) the bird gobbles. And we just looked at each other and I just kind of chuckled, you know, and I was like, I was like, are you, are you going to go? And he's like, no. There you go. I I was like, are you going to stay right here? He's like, yep. I was like, well, do you care if I go? And he's like, go ahead. It's like, okay. (laughs) So I start running and, uh, I, I cut the distance, um, and, you know, I got to, like, 75 yards of this bird. Mm-hmm. And I kid you not when I say he probably gobbled 40 times on the limb. Wow. And I got to 75 yards, and I was like, all right, this is close enough. Like, if I went any further, he was going to see me. Mm-hmm. So I just stopped, and he gobbles, and I just did some real light calling to him. Zip. <laughs> he just went quiet. Mm-hmm. Now... Here's the thing I'm not 100% sure about. It's possible that he came in. Yeah. Because... It's totally possible. I think... I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but I think I heard drumming mm-hmm. behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, because I never really heard drumming. But I just can't imagine that the sound I heard could have been anything else. Mm-hmm. Like, it was that, you know... Yeah. But one time, and I didn't hear, like, the spit, just... Mm-hmm. And that was it. Yeah, so it's weird. Sometimes, sometimes I've just heard the spit, and sometimes I've just heard the drumming. And I don't know if that's like a wind thing or like sound through vegetation thing. But I've experienced that. Like opening day this year, the bird I shot, I just heard the spitting, and I didn't hear the drumming. And I was like, "Where is it? Where is it?" And I just kept hearing the spitting, and I was like, "It's somewhere here." I was completely frozen, wasn't moving because I was hearing this spitting. I didn't know if it was on my right, or in front of me, maybe a little behind me. And then eventually that bird was five yards in front of me when when I actually saw it and could shoot it. I was just looking at the volumes to see how clearly that dog can mm. be heard. But I think, I don't think it's super duper clear. Sorry if it is. <laughs> um, yeah. I think it's all right. I don't feel like I'm hearing it through the headphones. Barely. Really. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, sorry about that, guys. So, and I wonder if that's just because, like, the spitting is, like, a higher pitch sound. Oh, yeah. So, like, it'll cut the wind Wind or, yeah, like yeah. I said, vegetation or something. But, yeah, yeah, I've just been in situations where I only hear the drumming or I only hit the, hear the spitting. I mean, most, I would say if I'm close to them, I can hear, definitely hear both. But I've definitely heard I mean, the spitting first a lot more than the drumming. Where I was, I mean, it, it sounded like what I heard, it sounded like it was 10 yards behind me. Mm-hmm. Like he was right there. Yeah. But it was like pretty tall and it was like all cocoa plums and stuff. Like it was thick. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I was leaning against a pretty small tree. Like there wasn't a whole lot of choices for me to sit down and like it was thick. Mm-hmm. I just kind of was like, I'm kind of screwed here. Like I have to sit down somewhere. Yeah. And if you're saying you were within 75 yards. Yeah. 
Like, that's pretty close. Yeah. So I feel like at that point, you probably didn't spook off that bird. You probably confirmed that to him that you were a hen, and he was cruising looking for you, and you guys never made eye contact. Yeah, I mean, like, it was pretty tall. Or he so. saw you and was like, whoa, before you ever saw him. Yeah, I mean, I think... I don't know. I think when he, when he was right behind me, like, I probably, like, turned my head a little bit or mm-hmm. something, and he saw it. I don't know. I, I really have no idea. I, I looked for his tracks later, and I figured out where he went. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I kind of confirmed he was behind me. I don't know if that was him drumming, but he did go that way. Mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> but, yeah, it was kind of weird because, you know, I always kind of expect they're going to use those, those buggy trails, mm-hmm. you know? Because you see their tracks on them all the time. Mm-hmm. And this bird, I figured he would hear me calling from the from the buggy trail. And mm-hmm. he'd be like, oh, that's right there. I'm going to fly to this buggy trail and then walk down the buggy trail. That's what yeah. I assumed he was going to do. Mm-hmm. He did not. Yeah. I, I didn't hear him fly down. I didn't see him fly down. I never got eyes on him. I knew mm-hmm. exactly where he was, but there were some trees in the way. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. He did not do what I expected. Mm-hmm. And I think... I think the lesson that I learned from that was um, never set up where they can come in behind you. Yeah. No, totally. Yeah, I always try and pick, like, the thickest, put the thickest vegetation you can find behind you so that you can avoid that for sure. I mean, I had stuff behind me on the left, Mm -hmm. but on the right behind me, it was open, and that's Mm -hmm. where he was. And I think he came down and just skirted right past me, so. Yeah. Yeah, so, whenever, you know. even, like, before I call, like, when I'm just, like, looking around, looking for a spot, before I even start calling, I'll just be like, all right, you know, where's a thick spot behind me that I can, if I need to, well, if I'm calling, I'm probably sit down and then call, but in a few occasions, I've, you know, done, like, Hail Mary calling, where I'm going from spot to spot to spot calling, but every time before I call, I just make sure I look around me and I kind of see like, all right, I'm going to call now. If I get a response, I know where I'm going to sit, you know, yeah. I'm not going to be caught off guard in the open. See, that's the mistake I think I made because like I said, I was walking and I was like, I mean, he's in, he's got to be in that tree. I can't see him, but he's got to be in that tree. Mm-hmm. And I got kind of nervous. I was like, I'm too close. Mm-hmm. Like I got, I got too close. And I was like, I can't go forward anymore. And I was like, honestly, I'm surprised he's still gobbling after I just passed this little opening right here. Hmm. Like, he must have been looking the other way. Mm-hmm. You know, or maybe he was strutting on the branch. I don't know. Like, Man, you're making me want to go out there with you and get this bird. I mean, let's go. We'll go out there. Uh, Ay, next Next chance. Oh. But anyway, so, um, yeah, like, I didn't look around. Like, where am I going to sit? So I just, like, called. And I was kind of expecting, like, an answer. Mm-hmm. You know, I was expecting it to be like, yup, 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 bow, you know? And he just didn't respond. Yeah. You know? And I had called a couple times when I was, like, getting closer to him. Mm-hmm. And he didn't respond then. Like, he would just keep gobbling. Like, but it wasn't like he was cutting me off or doing it right after I called. So, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if he had heard me on those. But when I, you know, when I did it, when I was that close to him, I was like... He can hear me. Like, there's no way he can't hear me. He can hear everything right now. Yeah. And when he didn't answer, then I got nervous because I was like, 
crap, he's probably on the ground. Mm -hmm. Like, for all I know, he's coming right now, Mm -hmm. and I'm standing here in in the trail. So I was like, I need to sit down. And I was just like, uh, there, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. and I sat down. It was like a terrible spot because, like, even if he did come down the trail, like, I would have been able to see him walk in for like 20 yards before I could actually shoot because there was like just tall stuff in the way. Mm-hmm. So I would have seen him coming through and I'd have just sit perfectly still until he was in the opening where I could shoot. Yeah. I think that's like the biggest um, learning curve people have here, uh, p- particularly in South Florida. Like they watch a lot of like hunting shows or, you know, turkey hunting videos and they see a bird like, you know, gobble all the way in right up to your gun. And, uh, like, in my experience, I would say that, like, three-quarters of the bird birds that I've shot are going to be pretty quiet in that last hundred yards. Like, three-quarters of them are not going to gobble within the last hundred yards. They're going to gobble, like, I call to them, they gobble back, they cut me off, I cut them off. And, like, once we kind of, like, establish a connection... Like, he knows exactly where I am, and he has no need. And if if he does not have hens, he has no need to gobble anymore, yeah. and he's just going to come looking. And yeah. that, I think, is, like, unique to South Florida, and primarily, I think, one of the reasons is we are we have such a predator-rich environment that we're in yeah. that... Like, when you think of birds being pressured and, like, the way they act, like, these birds are being pressured all the time. Like, it's hunting season all right. year long for turkeys down here from coyotes, bobcats, panthers, bears. Um, we just have a lot of predators down here. Yeah. So it's not wise for any bird to, like, once he's... It's like making more noise than you need to. Than you need, once he establishes... Once he knows, like, he is, he's... He's confirmed your location. He's established a connection. Like, he doesn't really need to gobble. Because for him, like, a gobble is kind of like a Hail Mary. Like, you know, he's kind of like... It's like, hey, bitch, I'm over here. Yeah, he's just out there combing the woods. Or he's in his his uh, strut zone doing his thing in his little comfort. Like, you know, this little space oh, yeah, that he's, like, like, comfortable wide in. usually that's, like, open, so mm-hmm. nothing can really get close. Yeah. So... Like I said, most of the time I find that if a bird's going to come in looking, once he's within 100 yards, he's not going to say anything. And I think that's where a lot of people get hung up and a lot of people get busted is because they They assume, yeah, they get impatient, they move, they call hard or aggressive, like they kind of, and and it only comes in from what I've experienced in like, having screwed up so many hunts myself to the point that I was that I'm like never taking for granted that he's not right there like always behaving like he's right here always you know and just in the movements in the going to get my call or switching calls like if there's no noise now and he was gobbling uh, five minutes ago I'm absolutely assuming he's there and the only time i'm, I'm gonna uh it's just like such a paranoid state of mind yeah let <laughs> the only time i'm gonna let go of that is this all of a sudden 10 minutes later i hear him 
you know, 100 yards to my left. And I'm like, oh, there he is. Now he's now he's over there. Yeah, see, okay. I, I probably screwed that up because I, I think I sat there for 15 minutes without hearing a sound, like after I heard mm-hmm. what I thought was drumming. And then I kind of just like slowly stood up and just looked around. I was like, well, I don't see anything. And I was like, well, I know he was roosted over there. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think he went that way. And I knew what was over where he roosted. It was, like, on the edge of a little cypress pond. It was, like, a pretty open area. And I was, like, like, the trail I was in had, like, cocoa plums on both sides. And I was, like, I could sneak down this trail pretty easily without being seen and peek mm-hmm. into the open areas on the outside of it. It's, like, pretty well protected, you know. It's, like, I might see him out in the field and at least confirm. Like, I feel like if, if I can visually see them, like... Mm-hmm. It just boosts that confidence, you know. Like, of course. You know, like, I just, when I'm out there, like, being as inexperienced as I am, I'm just constantly, like, mm-hmm. am I doing the right thing? Like, yeah. I don't know, you know. But if I could see him, then, like, I know what I'm going towards, sure. you know. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's something I really struggle with. And, and that's, like, exactly, like, I think I screwed up when I got up and started walking around. Probably if I had just stayed put, he mm-hmm. might have eventually worked around to where I needed it yeah. to be. Or, I, I mean, maybe, you know, you were, you chose a poor location. Yeah, I probably did that too. And he... <laughs> probably did everything wrong. He was right next to you. Uh, you never saw him. He never saw you. And he just kept cruising and he was done. Yeah, I mean, when I found his tracks, like, they didn't... They, I don't really know how to explain this any better. And they didn't look like he was, like, running or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, they were just straight, just, you know... Yeah nice yeah he's like i don't see a hen and yeah i think he was just walking and and i think he went into the oak hammock that's back there but i mean this bird hangs out there a lot like Mm -hmm. um anyway so yeah it was um you know just uh sort of a typical hunt for me yeah (laughs) uh having these birds run circles around me but like i just had like a thought earlier when you were talking about that um well, a lot of it has to do with just hammering it too, you know, just like just keep pounding, keep pounding because you know the odds mm. are gonna keep getting I, better in your, <laughs> in your favor. You are know? they though? Yeah. Are they really? Um, yeah, I just remember what I was thinking. So when you were talking about like just always acting like he's right there, mm-hmm. like I screwed that up when I was on my permit hunt because at a certain point, like I. I had to jump from one spot to another spot. I just, like, um, and just, you know, for the listeners, like, I'm actually really good at getting close to turkeys to where I could kill them on days I'm not allowed to kill them. (laughs) So the day before this this quota permit that I had, I I had one at 15 yards, (laughs) and I could have smoked him, like, so easily. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, anyway. So, um, but anyway, I... I went to a different spot and I ended up like spotting a gobbler like strutting in the middle of this fire break mm-hmm. and I screwed up because I just came riding through with my bike and I you know came around the bend and I was like oh crap and and I was like I don't even know what that is like I thought it was a hog standing in the road you mm-hmm. know and, and then it kind of like shrunk you know because <laughs> it put its fan down and saw me and was like hell no and took off running so but it was from like 300 yards away so I was like he's probably not blown out of the area like mm-hmm. he's probably gonna still be around so um so i ended up going in there and hunting the next morning and i 
didn't hear anything. I sat down right there where he was strutting at like 10 o'clock the day before. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, maybe he'll come back. And I sit what down. What time did you see him? I saw him at like 10 o'clock. Okay. And I ended up sitting down there at like 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And, and I put a decoy out. I know you hate decoys. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a really nice decoy. <laughs> 80X, yeah. Um, so I put a decoy out, and you know, I did some light calling and stuff, and eventually I was just like, oh, I'm over it. Like, I gotta get out of here. And I get out, and I walk out to the decoy, and I grab it, and I throw it in the bag, and I look to the left, and there's a turkey standing there, <laughs> like 50 yards from me. And I think it was a hen, and it just took off running. But, uh, but you know, it just goes to show, like, I should have snuck out mm-hmm. and looked and, like, peeked around that corner, and I didn't. I mean, it could have been a gobbler. Yeah. You know? And well, that, that's, again, like, with scouting, it's, I find, like, so important is, um, like, really patterning birds and, like, knowing where they're at, and then kind of, like, that'll give you a sense of, like, when you need to be on alert and when you need to, like... Because I'll, you know, I'll scout an area pretty hard, and I'll really pattern birds I'll, I'll know like you know there's two over here they like to fly down go this way after the roost sometimes they hang out in this area like i'm i'm patterning birds as i scout and so i get a sense of like where i can like run or like where i can move quick and be clumsy and then where where i'm in the zone you know yeah when, when i'm in so you're like mapping out the area like yeah. mentally so you know mm-hmm. yeah and i feel like I've started doing that because of you, like, mm-hmm. because of scouting with you. Like, I've started just learning all the different areas that I might hunt. And it's definitely helped. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm able, I mean, you've heard all the stories. Like, I'm able to find birds. Yeah. I'm able to get pretty close to them. I just can't, I just can't get them to walk in front of my barrel. That's yeah. the part that I'm really struggling with. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so scouting i, I want to talk about that just real quick because i feel like we get so many questions about scouting and how to scout and i haven't really done anything about scouting for turkeys this year um like what are you like if you explain just sort of your process in scouting like sort of relatively briefly from start to finish like what do you start looking for and once you find that like what's the next step like what's your st- your steps through scouting sure until you're like confident that you're like this is where i'm gonna kill a bird sure yeah um early scouting i'm covering as much ground as i possibly physically can with whatever time and energy i have on foot or on bike on foot and i'm not a big fan of and i I have an e-bike i love it been hunting now for two years with the e-bike you got me into e-bikes i love it um but not for turkey because i like looking at the ground and just going slower like walking slower so um i will say early season scouting early like january is just covering ground walking 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 and, like, what kind of ground are you trying to cover? Mostly trails, buggy trails. Just sand, right? Yeah, like sand, sea. muddy spots, um, places where tracks can turn up or are easily seen. And I'm looking for tracks. I'm just and, looking for tracks. And I think another important thing about that is, or at least for me, like, I'm trying to find places where tracks will be washed away quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they won't survive a rainstorm. Like, mm-hmm. you know... 
so really light yeah if it's real dry out yeah like sugar sand if you see tracks in sugar sand Mm -hmm. like they were there within the last couple days like Mm -hmm. they do not stay like even it doesn't even have to rain it's just the morning dew alone will like ruin those tracks Mm -hmm. you know um or just like wet like edges of puddles Mm -hmm. are great you know yeah um i just wanted to throw in that no totally so yeah early season i'm just walking i'm just Going for walks, a lot, a lot of walks, covering miles and miles and miles. And once I get to, uh, you know, I'll get to a spot and like, I don't know, it's like, you know, you look at the tracks and there's like a heaviness in the tracks that you get like a spidey sense. You're just like, oh, like it just something, something looking at it tells me that like this is a frequented area because you can also be looking at a lot of buggy trails that like birds are just moving down or like moving through areas from one area to the other but every once in a while you'll see tracks going one direction on top of tracks going the other direction and they're going back and forth and back and forth and you're just like aha we here we are we have it and i'm just dropping pins on my phone on all those spots right when i find like heavy gobbler tracks and even heavy hen tracks i'll pay attention to but like yeah heavy I mean, gobbler tracks eventually they're going to come to where the hens are yeah if they run out of hens somewhere else so it's, absolutely it's worth checking those yeah. spots so once i find that you know it's heavy 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 tracks i'm dropping pins on my phone and as i move later into the season into gobbling uh then i'm getting there before the sun comes up pinpointing those locations and listening getting to them and listening and then that's ultimately like how i'm and you never call when you're scouting right? never 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 call i might i might crow call and my owl call but and here in florida we've got so many birds like it's there's so many things that set off a gobble yeah like it's it's almost you really don't need to try and shock gobble birds like they're gonna get a call for that cat bird uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like the amount of times I hear them gobble off of that, mm-hmm. or um, sandhill cranes. Yeah. Uh huh. Every time. Yeah. That's yeah. what this morning. Like that's what was keeping him going was uh-huh. all the cranes flying over. Yeah, there's so many birds here that like I, I. Especially this time of year. Oh yeah, like I don't think you really need to worry too much about trying to shock gobble a bird, but. That late season or late scouting season, and I'm talking like once you start getting into February, like from mid-February to when season opens, um, yeah, I'm just trying to get out there as early as possible. And I'm also like thinking about and looking at the weather, right? Like if it's a really overcast morning, um, I might use that morning instead to like go look at a new a new area and do the same thing like go back and like just walk it and just try and cover everything and like find tracks find find areas of heavy travel um but i'm on those bright sunny mornings bright clear mornings that's when i'm definitely like all right i'm getting up early uh that day and uh and getting out there and just listening and then if I hear a bird and like, you know, let's say I'm in a, I'm in a spot that's got this heavy, heavy tracks and I'm like, oh, there's birds here for sure. And I get out there and I sit and I listen and I hear a bird way far off in the distance. 
I'm like, all right, I'm going. Like, I'm not like, I'm not holding on to what I think is going on. I'm like, let me hear that bird. And I'm hauling butt to hear that bird, to get close to that bird, to hear him figure, figure out, out where, where he he's roosted and then figure out which way he flies off the roost and where he's going to gobble when he's off the roost. And I'm, I don't want to blow him off the tree, so I don't want to get too close, but I want to get just to the point that I'm like 200 yards away where I'm like, all right, he's, I can, he's right there. He's right there. I That's can pinpoint him. Yeah. And now I can just listen to him. And then I'll just like, if he still wants to gobble on the ground and like if it's a really good gobbling morning, I'll just follow him. Like just stalk him, you know, just listen, kind of hear where he goes, hear where he's at. And then, like, kind of like when he moves off and he, he goes away, go into that area where I think he was, like, and then all of a sudden you'll find these spots. You're like, whoa, look at this nice little clearing yeah. right by his roost. And it's like, if, that's where he likes to, that's where he likes to come down to. And then, yeah. yeah. And that's basically my tactic for those spots or, or, or you know, I'm going to build up like a portfolio of those spots. And then if I hear, oh, come opening day, if I hear that bird, I'm like, all right, I got to get to that spot now. Or if I hear this other bird, then I get, you know, I've patterned him. I get to this spot. So by the time that opening day comes, and like I said before, like I've got 10, 12 days into being around these birds. Like it's not like, it's not like it's easy, right? It's like, yeah. <laughs> it, it really takes a lot of work. Um, I, you know, I always say turkey season for me doesn't start in March. Like it starts yeah. in January. Because it usually ends in March for you. It ends usually, <laughs> yeah, I've been fortunate. But like I said, I mean, I, I'm really patterning those birds to where I'm sitting where they want to be. And I, I, may, I might not even be that great of a caller. Like I might not be such a great caller that I'm calling these birds to me, right? Yeah. Like I've just patterned them. And I'm calling where he wants to be, and you know, usually. Well, I, I, I think, you know, like, people get really hung up on being a great caller, but I think that more than anything, like, when, and I can't say this from experience, but I feel like what kills birds is, like, being in the right place. Because, mm -hmm. like, I mean, sometimes you hear hens call, and they sound like crap. You know, <laughs> you're like, there's no way that's a real bird. And then you see it, and it's like, oh, yeah, no, that was a real bird. And, yeah. You know, there's so much variety in the sounds that they make that, I don't think you can really be a bad caller, mm -hmm. you know. Um, as long as you're making some sort of noise that a turkey might make, like, it'll probably pique his interest, yeah. you know. Um, but so so you, you said something that piqued my interest. <laughs> um, you know, you're, like, I often find, like, I'll find a bird, and I'm like, okay, he likes to roost here, and then when he flies down, he goes this way. But then sometimes, I don't know if it's the same bird, but sometimes there's a bird over here and it goes this way. And like, there's so many different combinations of places they could roost and fly down to mm -hmm. that in the morning, I always find myself like, Oh, I don't know where to go. Like, where mm -hmm. do I go to listen? Like, which, yeah. you know, and then I find myself going, well, I'm going to sit here and listen, but then I can't hear what's happening over in this other area. Yeah. You know? And then I'm like, well, so I usually like triangulate those spots. So like, I'll have like, Oh, there's a bird here. It's a bird there. There's a bird there. And I'll find a spot in between them 
and I'll so you can hear multiple. Oh words. Yeah, 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 and it's usually like I have listening spots, and they're usually like also like a little bit elevated. Like you don't want to be down in a side like uh, in a prairie. Like you want to find like almost like a mound in the palmettos yeah. that kind of like gives you a little bit of elevation. I mean, like or a foot. If you can get to where you're around like a pond, mm-hmm. I've found just that open space like yeah it just like an echoes, amphitheater. It just echoes around in there mm-hmm. yeah so totally. um but yeah that's what i usually do because like those birds will move around they'll be here one day and then tomorrow they'll be a mile that way and then the day after that they'll come back to this way so it's like they'll bounce around but they'll they'll kind of have like an index of spots and if you can kind of just like if you've been out there enough you kind of like start seeing like the circuit and like yeah. you, you kind of find these listening spots that are in between them and then that's your focus is get to your listening spot and then like i said you hear this bird to the south of you and you're like oh hustle you know i know where he's gonna go yeah. get there like you know cut him off to well, where he wants to go so this was this morning was the first time like i'd heard this bird roost there on plenty of occasions Mm -hmm. i had just never actually gotten up close to him while he was roosted there Mm. so this time like i i know now where he goes when Mm -hmm. he comes out out of that spot and i really had expected he was going to go a different direction this morning but Mm -hmm. you know you live and you learn yeah well you can like you can go there tomorrow and he he might not be there he's probably going to be well knowing this bird he's going to be roosted like half a mile away Uh uh-huh you know and but if you start like figuring them out you know you you start each morning like in like i said in your listening spot that's like in between like a triangulation of of where the same bird is or where a group of birds are it and sounds then, like we need to go out there and try and kill this bird because <laughs> like i'm telling Clock's you ticking. i'm telling you he got he roosts here or he roosts here like yeah that's the like last year he used to roost in a couple other spots too but this year i've only heard him in two two locations mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, but you're, yeah, I would try and get in there even on like like the non hunting days and like, you know, yeah, just give a listen. Like I got video of him last year and Mm -hmm. and his like beard's like gigantic. Yeah. He's like, it's like that one you got in there. It's just like. Nice. Well, it's, yeah, sounds like he's a smart bird. So. I mean, if, if it is the same bird, I mean, he's old Mm -hmm. at this point, so. Um, yeah, I mean, I've hunted birds uh, two, three seasons that I was definitely able to sort of, like, look at and be like, look at his beard and be like, oh, that's him. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned decoys earlier. So I'm just curious, like, just just to poke the bear. <laughs> is there ever a situation in which you feel like a decoy is a good idea? Has there ever been times where you're out there where you're like, damn, I wish I had a decoy right no. now? Not no, at all. really, no. never. Like I, like the only reason I keep bringing. If I had a kid with me, yeah, like just kind of keep. Or me. <laughs> <laughs> no, because, well, especially in Florida, like the vegetation is, it can be, so thick that it's, could almost cost you a bird because, he's gonna. He's going to keep looking for you, and he could offer you the shot. Whereas if he sees a decoy 
and you don't have the shot, he might just stand there and strut and then never kind of like keep walking around. Right. So like, I always feel like I want him to keep looking to yeah, the point where, where he'll have a moment where, where he'll step out into the open. And so, I've also like, I don't want to be clunky. Like I don't want to walk around with more stuff. Like I want to be quiet. I want to be, I don't know, mobile. So this is usually what I have done with the decoy. Like I don't ever use it when I'm like running and gunning. Mm -hmm. I'm generally I'll come in to yeah, it's like, like your hail mary. Like all right, yeah. Like just I come camp in out here and, and, I, and, and I stop at like you know a spot where I'm like, if nothing happens, I'm gonna come to this spot and put up a decoy because I know like I've seen birds here. I know they hang mm -hmm. out here, you know. And, and it's usually a wide open space, you know, where they can see a long ways where they'll spot it from a long ways away and then come running over to it mm -hmm. and hopefully, you know, come close enough instead of just hanging up. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much because I hate carrying it around. It does yeah. make you so clunky. So I'll go in and I'll just toss it in the bushes mm. and then like I go try to, you know, run and gun it and. Um, and then that's kind of like my last resort. Yeah. I feel like it just like influences your behavior in a way that like, I don't, I don't like, like I have to like factor it in just cause yeah. like, it's something you have. Like you, you almost like want to use it just cause you brought it kind of thing. Like you're kind of like looking for how do I use it when yeah. it's like, I don't know. When you don't necessarily need to. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, I, I that's would say the point. first like two seasons I hunted with them and that's, that's it. I'm done with them. And they cost, they definitely absolutely cost me one bird. Like I had one bird that came in, it was a pretty thick hammock and there was one lane that cut through the hammock and uh, it had kind of like a bend in it, like kind of like just barely ever so slightly in this lane and um and i put this decoy out in front of me and i knew exactly where it was roosted i knew exactly where he, where he wanted to walk down and that's exactly where where i was set up put the decoy out in front of me uh, sat back from it uh 10 yards maybe and he came up to me was in this lane with this like i said the slight curve and he was behind the curve just spitting and drumming at the decoy he must have it must have been 10 15 minutes of just listening to this bird right there within 15 20 yards of me but i never saw him he never came out he never kept looking right yeah because that decoy is right there and eventually he's like what the heck's wrong with this chick yeah and just moves moves away yeah you know? well see but that's if you're using a hen mm -hmm. right so I only have one decoy. Yeah, but and, you you were gonna a use a Jake on public land. Yeah, <laughs> I gobble too. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, you're brave. I don't know. Because like usually, you know, like I have a pretty good idea of like if if uh -huh. I know that I'm a, if there's like multiple trucks in the spot, like I'm not gonna put it out and gobble. Okay. You know, but like if I know, yeah. I'm see, I wouldn't even gamble with with that from that like point of view of like man i, I don't want to get shot at <laughs> well i also usually set it up in a way that like n nobody's gonna be shooting in my direction mm -hmm. you know like it'd be like you know those like in the center of a pond when it's just like thick stuff it's like nobody's coming out of that yeah you know like so 
I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel pretty confident and safe doing it. Mm-hmm. But I also haven't been shot at yet, so. Yeah, well, um, all right, I've never... I've never shot a bird over a decoy, and me neither. <laughs> shot like twenty birds. Yeah, I haven't shot. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah whatever. Um, no, I mean, but that, but that's fair. I think a lot of people will uh, like hearing that at least, because I mean, I, I I see your point though. That like what you're saying is like if you bring it like you start thinking about like how to use it yeah it's just going to influence your behavior and i don't think i don't think that's how you should i don't think that's what turkey hunting's about i think like you should let the bird influence yeah. your behavior more uh-huh. than anything yeah no i agree like it's you and the bird that's it like i feel like every time i talk to you i'm like screw this decoy i'm not bringing <laughs> it anymore and then like like you know the next season comes around i'm like i'm gonna use this decoy well it's like a crutch you're like oh maybe the decoy will do it for me you know? yeah because i'm like nothing else seems to be working <laughs> um you know and then like john was out at the same quota area as me and you know he shot a bird with a decoy and then he was out at another spot for yeah. opening morning yeah, shot I, a bird with a decoy don't get me wrong i mean you I'm sure a whole lot of birds are getting shot over decoys and it's totally legit i just feel like the game i'm playing doesn't really require that or yeah. does that doesn't even help like the game i'm playing and so that that game that you're talking about that's like i'm not throwing blame at you because because <laughs> I, I like the game that you describe mm-hmm. like in my mind i'm like that sounds awesome <laughs> i want to do that and so like I refuse to do the whole deer hunting a turkey thing. Oh, yeah. This is boring. Like, I know I could probably kill one. Mm -hmm. Just sitting in a spot where I know they walk around, I could probably kill one. Mm -hmm. And I probably would have killed one by now. Mm -hmm. And John was giving me crap about it the other day. He's like, dude, you just got to deer hunt him, man. You know, that's how he he kills him. I mean, he tagged out this year. He tagged out last year. I just feel like by the time deer season's over, I'm just, like, sick of sitting. Yeah. No, I agree. I want to get on my feet and just you know hustle and move and i i don't know like what it is because i really do enjoy like being in a tree stand and stuff mm-hmm. but i, feel I like, enjoy it in the beginning of the season and by the end of the season i'm like whoa can't wait till this is over <laughs> yeah see i i mean no i i have experienced that but i don't i don't always get it but the, one of the things like when i'm deer hunting like especially nowadays like since you know i started saddle hunting and i'm you know, I have a much more mobile setup than I used to. My deer hunting a lot of times is kind of like a, it's like looking for fresh sign and then like, and then hunting it. And it's mm-hmm. like an ambush, you know, like, and it's active. Like, I'm like, I got a theory. My theory is that this is where a deer is going to be, you mm-hmm. know? And so I'm like, like, I want to test that theory. So I'm yeah. excited about that. I will say like with deer hunting, and uh, turkey hunting, I do also equally rely on game cameras. So I never used a game camera for turkeys until this season for the hmm. first time. That's something I will say that, like... Has that always been the case? Yeah. It's like, I, I, I mean, we scouted a bunch together, I think, last year or the year before, and mm-hmm. I don't remember you ever putting out any cameras. Because I feel like it's... Um, 
well, I didn't put any cameras where we were at. I don't know if I want to talk about that area, but... No, I wouldn't say anything out loud. I'm just, uh, like, worried about cameras in that area. <laughs> so, but I'm not worried about cameras in other areas. I so, got you. The, the you areas do, that I'm not worried about is where I'm utilizing cameras. you got to do the up high <laughs> trick, man. Nobody finds your cameras. You put that Well, don't talk about trip. it, and then they'll start finding No, but even if you, even if you talk about it, nobody's going to find them because nobody's looking. Yeah. You so know, what like, Mark's talking about is that he'll, like, take one climbing stick, right? Yeah. And well, he'll I usually, put a I camera up I usually just take my bike, and I lean, I lean okay. the bike against the tree, and I step up on the bike. So if you see his camera, it's, like, out of reach, unless yeah, you, you're walking you around the woods with a climbing stick. Or a bike. Yeah. Like, you won't be able to reach it, but you won't even see it. Like, no, we, we get pictures of people, and, like, nobody sees them because... Mm-hmm. You know, like, when you're walking through the woods, you're scanning the horizon. Oh, yeah. You're looking for stuff on the horizon. You're yeah, not yeah. looking above. Yeah. And so, you know, nobody finds them. And I have a, a buddy of mine. Um, this is totally, like, off topic. But a really good friend of mine lives in Curacao mm-hmm. on the island. I, I went to, um, uh, I went there with my girlfriend recently. If anybody want to watch those videos that have nothing to do with hunting, you can check out my other YouTube channels. <laughs> It's called the see you and me um but anyway he is so a lot of people don't know this it's actually really cool curacao has a white-tailed deer population mm-hmm. and it's kind of like the key deer population it's its own species it's like the curacao deer mm-hmm. they're even smaller than key deer oh wow they're they are tiny and i mean the habitat they're living in is insane mm-hmm. um very scrubby very yeah it's like cactuses mm-hmm. and like all kinds of it's like rocky there's not a lot of nutrients like even worse than florida you mm-hmm. know? Um, but so he's a scientist out there. And, it's and, like a volcanic island, right? Um, uh, I, I want to say that it, it was like, formed. it's not active, but that's yeah, the I way don't it was think formed. it's active, but I'm pretty sure it was mm-hmm. formed by volcanic activity. Um, but it's so close to the Venezuelan coast mm-hmm. that I think maybe at some point it was like attached or something and they got on there. I, I, I'm not really sure of the history on like why there's deer out there, but mm-hmm. there's deer. It's the only Bohemian Island that has deer. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so they're doing this study where they're trying, you know, they're trying to kind of get an idea of like the density or the population of these deer. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me, he's like, yeah, every time I put one of these game cameras out, they get stolen. Hmm. So like, I never get the data back unless I'm checking it regularly. And I told him, I was like, I was like, buy this climbing stick. And then when you go put them out, put them up in the tree. And he started doing it and he hit me up the other day and he's like, yeah, you're right, man. I haven't locked them. Like... I haven't had a single one stolen yet. People just walk right by it, and I get yeah. a picture of the people, and that's it, you know. So, I mean, it, it really works. And, like, I don't mind talking about it because, like, nobody's walking around the woods looking up in the trees. And if mm-hmm. you are, then you're missing all the stuff you should be looking for, you know. It's like, why are you even out there? Are you just looking for cameras? Mm-hmm. You know, so. Um, yeah, but, I yeah, I'm definitely into using cameras. And I'll, like, once I kind of, like, establish those spots that I think are, like, um, strut zones or areas that they'll they'll go to frequent and and gobble in I'll put a camera in those in that area and and I'll just sort of get an idea at that point of like how frequently that bird's in there and I'll be able to see like oh he's in there twice a week or yeah. once a week or three times a week and then and then I'll be able to kind of like weigh like if I find like three different strut zones for example like, I'll also be able to kind of, like, weigh which one's hotter. 
like I'll see like right, oh this right. one that like I oh m- you know maybe I was there on two Saturdays and heard that bird hammering in that same spot two Saturdays but I look at the camera and like he was only there on the two Saturdays that yeah. was there in the last two weeks but this other camera that guy's there three times a week so right. it's like actually like look this bird's really consistent so that's been really helpful for me but in terms of like deer comparing deer hunting to turkey hunting like i'm definitely like utilizing like i said cameras as much you use cell cameras now i am yeah i have eight cameras uh and two of them are cell cameras so so uh the cell camera thing like i know that a lot of states are like having you know problems with the cell camera thing Mm -hmm. a lot of them are banned did you hear about kansas banned cell or trail cameras in general yeah i think you told me yeah. oh did i yeah uh-huh. yeah so that that has a lot of that's people wild like, yeah and just let's just go on a little tangent here like how would you feel about it like if florida banned them game like, cameras completely yeah like i wouldn't appreciate it i mean i i think it's a lot of fun to like get to your camera and see what's on like i get excited when i have bears or something else on the camera like i i just think it's fun just in terms of like nature viewing like sort of like um you know just capturing those images and like seeing what's in the area like it's just when you, fun. Get, you get to see cool stuff sometimes on your camera that you'd probably never see yeah it's like like i was saying i got a bear mm-hmm. in like areas that aren't supposed to have bears you mm-hmm. know um so no for sure but i mean, I, I, I do i will say that like I, if, if the cell cameras got banned, I wouldn't, I wouldn't shed a tear, but as long as they're, as long as they're legal, like, I'm not going to, like, not, you know, I'm not going to, like, abstain from using, like, cell cameras because I think it's, you know, kind of cheapo. It's one of those things that it's like. It's like you don't need it, but mm-hmm. if you're allowed to use it, like you're, it, yeah. it, there's definitely a value like, yeah. in using it. And so. there's, and it's like, it's not like there's not enough reasons to be looking at your phone at work, but like just having one more. <laughs> you know when you get, you get that notification on your phone, yeah. you're like, oh, it's, yeah. It's so sweet. It's like, oh, he's in the spot oh, now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, I got I to get out of here. Um, yeah, see, for me, like, um, cameras are... And, and, and I, I can't really speak to, like, um, turkeys so much. I mean, I, I, like I said, I used them a little bit this season. But for me, cameras are for deer hunting. It's like I feel like I could get I could get into spots where deer are pretty easily without a camera. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I could still kill deer. But what's really nice with the camera is, like, I now know that there's a big buck. Yes, you know, it's like, yeah. well, I know there's deer tracks here, but are these all doe tracks? Mm-hmm. You know, because here in Florida, like, there's not a lot of difference between a doe track and a buck track. Like, they're mm-hmm. pretty much the same size. Um, but when I have that camera, I'm like, okay, all these deer tracks, there's four shooter bucks in this mm-hmm. area, you know? And so I usually pick out the spots I'm going to hunt based on, like, how many shooter, like, legal bucks are in that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first deer I ever passed up on public land um was because of my having that camera out there uh and like you said taking an inventory of what's out there and i had this one uh smaller buck just like kind of like a little fork four point like uh kind of forky buck and uh 
like two, three other like nice shooter bucks. And I was out opening morning and the little four point comes out and I let him walk because I'm like, man, I know what's out here and I know how frequent uh, those deer are out here. And I kid you not, it was like 45 minutes later, one of the other bucks came out, same path, and I shot that buck. And had I, sh- had I shot the little buck, you wouldn't have been there. Anymore. I wouldn't have been there. I would or have been you would have been dragging. on the ground gutting that yeah, one out ex- while the other one walked Exactly. Out. So yeah. that was absolutely because I had game cameras out. So I feel like that's actually a pretty strong argument for not getting rid of game cameras because it actually potentially make people a little more selective. Everybody's always complaining about like, oh, we want bigger bucks. Mm-hmm. Well, having game cameras is like one way to uh, give people a reason not to shoot the little ones. Mm-hmm. You know, not that I yeah. Think the only thing I would suggest, that. like from a rule perce- perspective, is like perhaps no cell cameras when seasons open. Like I could get behind that because I feel well, that like was, that was one of the things that Kansas like they had talked about like oh should we allow cameras outside of season and not allow them during season yeah but they decided to go with a all or nothing because it's hard to enforce something that's sure. only partially totally you know yeah yeah um, you're only gonna you know it's a pretty extreme decision um, yeah so a lot of people are freaking out about it um, yeah but, but I, I don't I don't see Florida doing anything about it. I don't think so either. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be fine. It's just like fun to think about. You oh know? yeah. Um, but anyway, turkeys. So, turkeys. so the um, I had some cell cameras out where I had my my quota permit. Uh huh. And it's actually kind of funny. So, and this is this is like a prime example of like why I could get behind not allowing them during season because mm-hmm. I did exactly what like <laughs> what you like probably what i think you're getting at so, yeah so so like, went, oh, that's where he is let's go yep exactly <laughs> so i went in to an area i knew there was a hunter set up i told you about this like uh-huh. I, I went in and like i'd scouted like i said earlier like the day before the hunt i get real close to this bird like i know he's hanging out in there and like i'm like i feel pretty confident i can kill this bird and then i go back in there the afternoon to just listen to see if i can roost one and this kid comes walking out of the woods and I'm like, Hey, are you going to be here in the morning? He's like, yeah. I'm like, well, where are you going to hunt? He's like, Oh, right here. I, I was like, Oh, well that's kind of the area I was going to hunt. Um, and he goes, well, I got a blind in there. <laughs> I was like, cool. <laughs> you know, like I was like, what are you just going to sit in that blind? And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm gonna put my, my decoys out. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to be running and gunning around there. So, mm-hmm. like, if one starts gobbling, like, I'm going straight to it. And, like, I just want you to know that, like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to get out of the area just because you're there. And if I hear one gobbling, like, I'm probably going to be doing my best to get between that bird and you, mm-hmm. you know, especially if he's gobbling at you, <laughs> you know. It's like, sorry, but that's the run and, run and gun, you know. Like, obviously, I'm going to give him some space like if if he's like within a hundred yards of their blind like i'm not gonna be like hey let me yeah, just you don't sneak get in. shot or yeah like i'm not gonna do that but if if there's still a decent amount of distance between that gobble and where i know they're set up mm-hmm. like sorry you don't own like a 500 yard radius around your blind like yeah that's not how this works and um but anyway i i'd set up in there and like 
didn't hear anything. It was real windy. It was when that cold front was coming through. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of bummed out because I was like, I'm not going to strike up a bird right now. Like, so I just kind of started sneak into like a bunch of clearings I knew of and just kind of peek in to see if I could see a, a bird strutting or something, see if I could bushwhack one. And I end up like, I don't know, like probably a mile away from where they're set up. And then, bling, my phone goes and I look at my phone and I'm like, oh crap, <laughs> there's a bird. And like, I couldn't tell if it, like what it was because literally all that I got a picture of was its tail feathers. Uh-huh. Like, but it was walking in their direction. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's still like a half mile from them. Mm-hmm. And I was on my bike and there's like fire breaks like that I could just fly down. <laughs> so so I jump on my bike. I start pedaling as hard as I can, hauling butt. And I mean, I, I got, you know, I covered like a mile in like probably a minute, mm-hmm. you know. And so I knew like I'd gotten there before that bird would have gotten anywhere near them. And then I went in there to try to, you know potentially cut off this bird and um and then i sit down and i start calling and then i look at my phone and there's another notification i look at it and there's a coyote Oof. so this bird like showed up and literally two minutes after that bird walked past my camera a coyote standing yeah. there and he like was looking for this bird oh yeah like she was probably calling and he came to check her out uh-huh. so i mean that just gets back to what you were saying earlier you know like there's so many predators out oh, there. Yeah. Like every time that they call, they're making themselves mm-hmm. more vulnerable. Yeah. But yeah, if they don't, if they don't need to call, then they're not going to call. Yeah. But that's, that, that's like a prime example of like why cell cameras, like I feel like <laughs> probably shouldn't be allowed. Like I, I feel like at an unfair advantage having that information cause you can be in more than one place at once. Yeah. You know, like, for sure. Um, I don't think that's necessarily cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, eventually, like the technology is probably gonna get to a point that you could like live stream your cameras on your phone. Well, you basically can now, cause so what I often do, like when I am hunting in an area and I have cell cameras out, I'll switch them during the days that I'm there. I'll switch them to send me a picture with each detection mm-hmm. instead of it just being like every few hours. It's like as soon as you take a picture, send it to me. Mm-hmm. Because it's like we were saying before, it's like, why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. It's like you have the ability and it's legal. You yeah. know, why wouldn't you take advantage of everything that you can? Mm-hmm. Um, but if I didn't have that ability, like I wouldn't be mad about it. Yeah, know? totally. So, but, um, so this is, I just touched on something I think is kind of a fun topic, like hunter ethics. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I feel like I kind of touched on him twice. Cause like I ran into that other guy this morning mm-hmm. and then I ran into this guy that's kind of blind. Like, um, you know, it's public land. We're allowed to do what we want and we all own it. And, but I think that, you know, there's, there's a certain amount of respect that we have to pay each other. Yeah. Where, where do you draw the line mm-hmm. of like, 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 if you show up to a spot, like, and there's someone else there, like, what do you do? You know? Like, go to another spot. You just take off? Yeah. So, yeah, like... I mean, that's another reason to scout and scout and scout is just don't put all your eggs in one basket. Because yeah. if you show up and there's a dude where you want to be, like, don't, you know, don't be a dick. Just go to, go to one of your other spots. Yeah. Well, and... So, but but that's... That's saying, like, if you pull up in the truck mm-hmm. and there's already somebody there the morning of the hunt, 
then then I agree. Mm-hmm. Then yep, okay, you got here first. That's I'm what I'm talking about. Else. Like you know, but like somebody being like, oh, I put a blind in there. No, no, no. Like that's yeah, a yeah. different situation. No, no, totally. And I feel like in a way, like they're kind of breaking that mm-hmm. like code of ethics, you know, like by trying to claim a spot like that. Yeah. Like and and, I'll and tell honestly, you what, I saw this blind and it was it was just sticks. Yeah, I mean, if I if I really feel like there's a spot I really want to hunt and I think there's somebody else who's hot onto that stuff too. I'm probably going to set my alarm like 30 minutes earlier than I think I should, or like 45 minutes earlier than I think I should based on that, based on that. Yeah. I'm going to get there first. But then even, even then, you know, cause we had this happen as well. Like me and this, this kid that had the blind, mm-hmm. like we kind of just like talked about it. Mm-hmm. We're like, okay, well you're yeah. going to be over here. Like I'm going to be over there. Like, It'll be fine. I mean, ideally, then, that's that's what happens, like, when you do run into somebody out there that you're like, all right, you know, you kind of work out a plan or whatever, and you come to an yeah. agreement. I mean, do you think... Well, yeah, but, I think you talk about it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think there's, like, a rule that says, like, if you show up and someone else is there, you have to leave. Like, I don't think it's like that, because... Sometimes if you might a have bird's a- goblin and, you know, you walk up on somebody and he's in front of you between you and the bird and, you know, back, yeah. that's it, you know. Yeah, no, I, I back agree. Up. If, if he's closer, but it's like this morning I asked that guy, I was like, are you going to go? And mm-hmm. he's like, nope. And I was like, you're going to stay right here. And he's like, yep. I'm like, do you mind if I go? He was like, yeah, go ahead. You know, there like, you go. Like, I mean... If he had said, like, like no, I've been patterning this bird and, like, I know he's going to come over here, like, mm-hmm. I'd appreciate it if you stay away. Like, yeah. I would have been, like... I'm sure that guy's not happy about seeing you. Yeah, I'm sure he's not. But at the same time, like, you know, if you're just going to sit and wait, mm-hmm. you can't really be mad that somebody else is hunting in that same area. Like, I mean, that bird was still seven, six, seven hundred yards away from yeah. him. You know, like... Yeah, yeah. Like, you can't be mad that somebody... Not talking 200 yards. Yeah, like, if it was, like, right there, I would have been like, mm-hmm. I'm out of here, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, you were saying, like, get to the spot early. It's like, well, we were at the spot early. Um, we were talking. It's like, all right, you guys are going to hunt here, we're, and I'm going to go in here, whatever. And then, like, five minutes before we're going to start walking in, some other truck comes rolling up. Mm-hmm. And it's it's crowded. Mm-hmm. There's too many people. Like, I'm like, this is too many people for this area. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we all are hunting, the, like, the same birds, like, same general area. Like, there's a lot of space around it, but, like, <laughs> this, just, like the area where the birds are is, like, relatively you small. You reminded me of a hunt that I was trying oh, to help you out on a couple of years ago. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, Man, I never ran into so many people in my life. It was... That was when we went in kind of blind, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like... It was like left was and right. It was like a... Yeah. And it, but it was like people were just like set up in spots. <laughs> like We're like, where the hell did they come from? There's no yeah. truck. Uh-huh. You know? Like there was one truck and I think we saw like three different hunters. Yeah. People were coming in from some other direction that we didn't understand or something. But it was like, man, it was just, we were just bumping into people. It was like... It was three or four different separate groups of people yeah. that we bumped into. Well, and, and it was the same thing with like the decoys. Like I remember we got to like one guy and he's like, "Hey, I'm set up here," and we're like, "Cool, 
we're going over there, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and he was like, well, that's where they're roosting. I was like, well, why didn't you set up over there? <laughs> you know, like you're 400 yards away from where, where we want to be. Yeah. You know, like it's we're going to give you plenty of space. It's like, you know, it's like hard, but I mean, I think the, the bottom line is just like, talk it out, be mm-hmm. courteous. You know, if you get into a spot, like these guys came in like last minute and there's already three people in the parking lot and we're waiting in the parking lot for that reason like mm-hmm. basically to ward off other people that want to come in so we can be like yo we're gonna be hunting here and here and here yeah like this place is full mm-hmm. you know and they came in they're like well we're gonna hunt here yeah i parked this season um on the second bird i shot i parked in an area and there was another when i when i rolled up there was another truck there and uh so I walked up to him and I, and I talked to him and I was like, you know, which, where are you going? Which way are you going? Because he was there first. So if he would have told me where I was, you know, if he had told me he was going where I was planning on going, then yeah. I would have, you know, gone to plan B. But he was like, oh, I'm going this way up here, this way. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm going this way, up this way. I'm going to be on this island he's like okay i'm gonna be up in this prairie I'm like all right that prairie's yours the bad island's mine if i if i would have heard a bird towards that prairie i, I wouldn't have gone look. after it yeah. you know i swear <laughs> i wouldn't have gone after it so like i think you know talking it out is probably hopefully the best case scenario i i also have had bad experience talking it out or attempting to talk it out um maybe four years ago i pulled up to this one spot and um, it was a buggy trail that went for, man, it, it probably went for three miles. And uh, this guy was parked right at, at the turnoff between, like, sort of this main road and this buggy trail. And uh, and his car was parked right there. And I didn't, I didn't even see him, but I saw the car. And I was like, okay, you know, it could be half a mile from that truck. It could be three miles. Was, you know, who knows? It's a big area. So I get out and I start walking past this truck and he's like, hey, hey, where are you going? And I was like, I'm going up the buggy trail. He's like, oh, I got my sons up the trail over there. And I'm like, okay, where are they at? You know, and he's like, oh, they're about half a mile in. And I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going like two miles in. Like, he's like, no, 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 you can't walk down that trail. I was like, I was like, it's like a three mile buggy trail, dude. Yeah, like, you can't, you can't have the whole trail. Yeah, you can't just, and this is what this guy was doing. He was literally out on the entrance of the trail so that his sons could sit on the trail a you know a buggy trail that yeah. i could have driven down and his sons were set up on the trail and he was like no you can't go down there and i was like dude it's a three mile trail like um i know where your sons are at like i will i swear like i'm gonna walk two miles like i'm not gonna head back this way and he's like oh no no if you hear the bird you're gonna come this way and i'm like no i promise you dude like, I'm going to, you know, I knew where there was birds, and I was like, dude, I'm going somewhere else. And this guy flipped out, and he, he, I swear to you, he grabs his gun, and he's like, well, if you're going to ruin it for, for us, we're going to ruin it for everybody. And he, like, racks his shotgun, and he's, like, getting ready to, like, we're going to ruin it for everybody. And he starts walking down the trail screaming, like, I think he's, like, saying that he's gonna like shoot in the air or something because like he was pointing his gun in the air he's like we're gonna ruin it for everybody and i was like dude 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 
Forget it, all right? Forget it. Have the freaking trail, you know? Oh I was just God. like, it's yours, dude. It's yours. And you know what I did? I drove 200 yards down the road, walked through the woods, cut a mile through the woods, and then popped back on the buggy trail, and then walked another mile, all yeah. right? And did you kill the bird? And I killed the bird. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they did too. All right. Because when I got back to the check station... I saw them and I was like, oh boy. And they, they were just packing up and leaving and I was coming in with a bird and it was dark. So I don't think they recognized me or whatever, but, uh, I knew the truck and I was like, oh boy, there they are. I didn't have any words to say with them. I just, you know, really didn't even want to get started. And, uh, and yeah, the check station told me, oh yeah, they just shot a bird. And I was like, oh cool, whatever, you know, and I mean, I don't know. It's just all that really for nothing. You know, we both shot birds. We both had fun mornings. Like, why yeah, Why the he, drama? If he had actually gone out there and started shooting off his gun, boss, nobody, nobody would have shot More than it. likely, they wouldn't have shot one because they were a lot closer than mm-hmm. you were going. Yeah. They probably wouldn't have heard that. So shot I don't know, man. It's just, it's not worth it, you know? Just public land troubles. You yeah. Know? Just be civil, you know? Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely a problem that people feel like they own it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I had a bad experience this year um, during deer season. I uh, I came in super early, got set up, you know, walked into an area a mile and a half, and I uh, was up in a tree, and sun was starting to come up. It was getting daylight out, and it was kind of like prime time. I was like, all right, deer's starting going to be moving. And uh, this buggy comes riding through, and I'm like, you know, what? A, like, you know, of course, disappointed because it's probably spooking everything and, and driving around right as the sun's coming up. But he kind of pulls up sort of right next to me, I mean, within like 100, 150 yards. And I, uh, and I flash my light at him, and uh, like they stop, or I skip the step. They stop, turn the buggy off, and I can just barely see them through the trees. I can just kind of, like, see the lights and stuff. And I flash my light at them. And uh, I hear the one guy tell the other guy, he's like, hey, I just I just saw a light, like, 100 yards that way. And I hear the other guy say, huh? Fuck them. And then they just continue to <laughs> set up. And it's just like, I don't it's, know, man. I mean, it's, I feel like it's kind of this, like, good old boy attitude uh-huh. it's like oh my grandmama's grandpappy hunted here and this is our area you know like yeah. I remember we were hunting this one spot and there's I, I, I'll never forget like the way that this guy said this to us like we had just kind of gotten into like a new area that we like to hunt that now is kind of one of our honey holes and like and there's these other guys that hunt on the other side and like we were talking to them during lunch and the guy goes yeah yeah my grandpa used to hunt this but you know then he died him and his buddies like you know like they kind of gave it to us like we kind of inherited it Mm -hmm. i was like oh yeah (laughs) you inherited a spot on public land Mm -hmm. um you know and like they really feel like that's their spot and they got you know leaner tree stands all over the place and it's like they they think it's like their little lease yeah totally um but uh yeah, it's kind of... I, I had somebody... This is a completely different kind of uh, story, but your story just kind of reminded me of it. Um, I was hunting... I was deer hunting this year, and, like, um, 
seven thirty ish, like prime time, like suddenly these two dudes come walking in. This was that really dry year. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, it was really dry this year. So like people were able to get to places they normally wouldn't be able to get to. And like normally it takes some effort to get to where I'm hunting, mm-hmm. but this year people could drive a Honda Civic out there, <laughs> you know, and these two dudes come walking through like prime time, like right past where I'm expecting a deer to walk by the, mm-hmm. like my, my perfect shot, you know? And I'm like, way up in the tree so they can't they never saw me and mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like do I get their attention or not like part of me is just like let them keep walking you know cause like not to like toot my own horn or anything but like people know who I am so like I don't want people necessarily know where I'm hunting so mm-hmm. I kind of prefer to not get their attention if I don't have to sure but they're like walking towards like the bedding area that mm-hmm. like I'm expecting deer to come out of mm-hmm. and I'm like son of a bitch you know so I just like whistle at him and they stop and they look around and one of them spots me and it's like prime time he goes hey are you Mark from Swamp and Stomp and I'm like oh come on you know so I'm just like I throw up my hands and I'm like come on dude yeah so that's like a whole nother it's like a whole different ball of wax but it, it just your story kind of reminded me of that yeah, particular yeah. instance. So. That's rough. Yeah, that's just knuckleheads. Um, we're gonna we're gonna start wrapping up here shortly, but I I wanted to ask you, bearded hens. I, I wrote this note earlier. Like <laughs> you mentioned to me earlier that you had a chance to shoot, or you didn't have a chance to shoot it, but there was a bearded hen where you were hunting. Yeah, and you told me that you wouldn't have shot it and i talked to somebody else about this and they were like what that's crazy like a bearded hen's like so rare you know like it's so cool like uh-huh. if i saw one yeah, I'd it shoot is it. so cool it's so cool to get to watch it and see it and you know that was it you know i i just like like i said you ever heard a hen gobble yeah you know what they I say, s- gobble I seen like a, a man, you're going to die like I a man. See, yeah, I've heard a hen go- <laughs> gobble, and I've seen a hen strut Yeah. Um, in Nebraska, not here. But, um, yeah, it was super cool to see this bird, and uh, I saw her on two different occasions scouting. She never walked in front of me during hunting season, but I don't know. It's just not not how I want to burn a tag. I don't know. If we, if we lived in a state... Like where you could shoot four or five birds, and yeah, maybe I would have shot her. But two birds, like I don't know. It's just I don't want to tell like, like that. I feel like in like the hunting world, like it's like all these like rare like morphs, you know, like uh-huh. rare like recessive genes. Like people get so excited about it. It's like yeah, that that goose. Did I tell you about the goose that I shot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like super rare, like one in ten trillion. Yeah, or like even uh birds with like multiple beards uh-huh. it's like another one of those things that yeah it's so excited about no i don't get crazy pumped about that i mean i feel like if he's got like a eight or nine inch beard he's he's you know i don't know he's i'm over the moon with him <laughs> have you shot like multi-beard birds no no never like i mean i, I shot that, some with some pretty nice uh love that one you got hanging on the wall yeah it's like I, giant i have a few that are were rope draggers but um 
I don't know, 11-inch beard and an 8-inch beard, uh, they get me just as excited for the hunt, you know. Frankly, if it gobbles, like, I'll be just as excited. <laughs> that's, that's just me. Yeah. Um, no, like, the, the beard thing always cracked me up because, like, like, people freak out about multiple bearded birds, mm-hmm. you know? They're like, like, oh, I got a bird that scored 20-something inches. And I'm like... Yeah. It's like, I don't... It's like you just measure each beard and add them together like mm-hmm. I don't, that doesn't seem right yeah you know like was well, the same for me with deer like i've never scored any of my deer yeah. i have no idea what i've shot well, i'm just in florida it's usually not really worth it that one you've got hanging i got a couple nice ones from your buddy's spot like they'd probably be registry yeah um, i've got a couple nice ones but i have no idea what they score and yeah I always end up kind of just like scoring it just out of curiosity, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's definitely not something I care about. Like mm-hmm. when I'm in the tree, I'm like, oh, that one's not going to make registry. You know, yeah. it's just like. Yeah, I, I just value them by the hunt and how exciting it was or how fun it was. Like, you know, the coolest birds I've ever shot were were just not based on what they were but yeah the interaction the game we played well, a lot of times when you actually get a chance to shoot them you can't tell what they are their beards no. below where yeah, you yeah. can see anyway you have so. no idea you don't know if you just shot half inch spurs or one and a yeah. one and a quarter inch spurs i always find it so funny the way people get so excited about that stuff mm-hmm. like but uh like i'll tell you this much if you score your deer you'll just be disappointed <laughs> like every time yeah you're like oh this one's a nice one it's probably gonna score this much yeah. and then you score it and you're like i shouldn't have done that it's like so i have two deer i have one that was 98 inches and i have another one that's 97 inches uh-huh. and like i'm like come on i just want to hit that 100 inch mark uh, so i can register one it's tough in florida yeah so just don't do it but anyway, I think we should probably wrap it up. We've been going for uh, a little while now, so. All right. You got any uh, closing remarks? Man, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I would say anybody looking for tips or, and I get hit up on, on Instagram all the time. People sending me messages, uh, you know, looking for advice. And, man, I just, I think you just got to be around birds. You just got to scout your butt off and just, you know, just spend that time in the woods just getting acclimated to the turkey woods just getting acclimated to that pace getting acclimated to to being around them and not spooking them being around them and and knowing what spooks them just kind of like being able to gauge their temperature uh and i think that comes from spending five weekends before season uh maybe bumping birds uh maybe just creeping up on birds and observing them and watching them i think once you kind of like get in that rhythm um and get acclimated by the time season opens you're you're already you've already got your finger on the pulse so like i just tell people scout 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 and just be prepared that if you do do that that you're probably going to get really close to them on days you can't shoot them. Not, <laughs> not on the days that you can. <laughs> That's my experience. Oh. Anyway, guys, thank you guys for joining us for another podcast. Um, I don't know like how podcasts really work, so um, I, I don't know if you can like follow it or something, but if you can, you should do that. 
And if you want to watch any of our hunts, um, you can check them out on the YouTube channel. It's just Swamp and Stomp. Um, and maybe go check out our merch store. It's pretty sweet. SwampandStompLLC.com. Thank you guys for watching, or not for watching, for listening. I'm used to talking to a camera. Um, and uh, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Cool.